wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. All right. Hey, listen, if you've got a Bible on you or with you, or uh, maybe look over the shoulder of the person next to you, or even the screens are there for lazy people. But uh, if you do have one, I'm just kidding. Colossians chapter 3, which is in the New Testament. You may need to look at the contents page to find that one, but it is going to be on on the screens uh, is, as well. Colossians chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to start this morning off with an embarrassing story that's kind of funny. And... Um, yeah, and so this happened a few years ago. Let me just see if this works. Yeah, this, this building behind me pictured, if you're just listening online, this is the entrance to the Arts and Media Center for the Nelson Marlborough Institute of Technology, NMIT. And it was built a few years ago. And about four or five years ago, I visited there to pick up uh, these art easels. Uh, we, we got them from NMIT and... Uh, I pulled up and parked just about where that photo was taken and uh, opened my car door, opened the boot up, prepared to bring these things in. And I was running towards the building, about to leap up the stairs. And I was also texting at the same time as I was running up these stairs to let the person know that I'd arrived. Could they, could they meet me in, in, uh, in the, the foyer? And with my head down, I bounded up these first three flights of stairs, and from seemingly nowhere, I was hit in the face from someone or something really, really hard. Like, it stopped me in my tracks, just, man, what on earth had happened? Of course, I had my, my head down, and I'm seeing stars. It's like, I was like knocked unconscious standing up sort of thing. And, uh, and I, I looked up and I quickly realized that it wasn't someone who had hit me, but I had just run into the wall of, uh, of this building. Let me, me explain that. You see, those steps that are going up there would quite obviously lead to the front doors of this building, right? But with my head down and not quite looking where I was going, I ran up that step and I ran, <laughs> I ran full force into the side of that building. Two really fortunate things were, firstly, that uh, I thought my head had been split open, but there was no seemingly exterior damage, just a bit of brain damage. And uh, then secondly, most importantly, that there looked to be no one who saw that happen. I kind of looked around going, yeah, no, this looks good. I'll just head back up the stairs. And, uh, and I wonder whether it was captured on CTV because it would be hilarious. But uh, it pays to keep your eyes on, uh, on where, you, where you are going. And I was, you know, thinking about this the other day, and it turns out that I'm not the only person who does this kind of thing. Uh, check out this video clip of other people not looking where they're going. a few there just to make myself not feel so bad. I am not alone. Hey, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes this morning, I'm calling this message, uh, I've entitled it, Keep Looking Up. All right, keep looking up. That's a bit of a joke. It is called that though. Uh, And uh, you know, this is really good advice for us to keep our heads up, keep our, our eyes up. Even the Bible reminds us to do this a lot of the times, but 
It's not so that we can, uh, you know, avoid lampposts and, and stop ourselves running into uh, buildings, but it's a good practice for us uh, spiritually to keep, to keep our heads up. For example, let me just read out a couple of these uh, passages of Scripture. Psalm 121, uh, it, it says, I lift up my head, my eyes to the mountains. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 123 verse 1 says, I lift up my eyes to you whose throne is in heaven. Isaiah 40, 26 says, lift up your eyes. Do you see kind of a pattern here in scripture? Lift up your eyes and look to uh, the heavens. I could go on and on. What about Philippians 3, 14? You know, it talks about the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what? God, God needs us. He appears to want us to keep looking up. So you kind of like lift our eyes up off the ground, you know, off the things that are around us and keep looking up towards Him. And, and, it's, and, and what I kind of get from these passages is that it's an important position for our heads to be in, for them to be up, right? And as I said, it's not so that we just need to watch where we're going so we don't run into things, although that's really important. But I think it has everything to do with the, the uh, position of our hearts, right in the perspective and the focus of our minds. Where are, where are we looking with the kind of the, the eyes of our heart, if you like? What has the attention, what has the attention of our hearts? Colossians chapter 3, if you're, if you're there, if you're there, say Colossians. It's kind of a good name for a cat, isn't it? Yeah, Colossians. I don't know why I thought that. All right, Colossians chapter 3. Oh, did I not bring those up? No. You know, I think I've actually missed that passage out. You're just going to have to believe me. It says this. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your affection. Another version says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your affection, set your heart, guys. Set your mind on things above, not, not on earthly things. Another version says, think about the things of heaven, not things of earth. In other words, our thoughts or our thought life, my thoughts and your thoughts, they need to be preoccupied and even focused on the perspective of God and what He thinks and what He might be doing and what He might be ordering around us, what even He might be doing behind the scenes. And I don't know about you, but this is easier said than done, right? It's keeping your head up, keeping your eyes up spiritually on what God might be doing. It's kind of like painting the ceiling on your house. You know, it's okay to get, when you get started, but boy, it gets pretty hard after a while, right? Have anyone painted the ceiling before? You kind of get a crook neck from looking up after, after too long. And, and so it's easier said than done. But I think what this passage is alluding to, if you kind of read between the lines, is that we all have a tendency to be just a little bit too earthly minded. Like we, we just kind of, we can't help but put our attention on everything that's going on around us down here at this level, you know, to, to the ground. We're, we're, look, we're, we're looking down, we're looking at, we're, we're seeing things that we can see and we, we neglect often to look at things from his perspective, particularly when we're going through the stuff, right? 
And many times I've found myself in this position when I'm worrying about this thing or, or that thing. And then eventually, after a little while, after a, after a whole bit of time of worrying about something, about, about getting my eyes kind of on the ground, I realize, you know what, maybe I should find out what God's perspective is on this. How many, how many have found that? We kind of worry first, then trust God later, right? Like, I've tried worrying. It's not working so well. Okay, I'll give you a go, God. And, and, and what if, what if, and I think this is kind of the thrust of this, of this, of this passage, is if, if we were to only ever set our affection on things above, not our eyes on the ground, how different would we live? What would it be like if, if we were heavenly minded, you know, like, like how much of our beliefs and attitudes would change? I know mine would. I know, I know some of mine still need to. I mean, imagine walking continually with this, let's call it an absolute belief that you were 110% loved by God. I mean, really, you, you just knew it. You were walking in that kind of, that freedom of that, of that truth every single day of your life, that you were completely approved by Him, that there was nothing that you needed to do to be loved any more by God than what you already are. I think that's what it, what it means to be, you know, be living with our eyes up, with our heads up, being aware of God in all circumstances, because how many know that walls can jump up in front of us in this journey of life, right? We can find ourselves running into things that we didn't know were there, that hurt. We find ourselves going, oh my goodness, where did that come from? Who put that wall there? <laughs> because we're looking, we're looking down, living with our eyes up, how, how, how quickly thoughts of hopelessness would fade away, feelings of inadequacy would just kind of, kind of rub off us and give way to the truth about who you are to Him. Because He loves you so, so, so much. I love this quote from Bill Johnson. He said, I can't afford... Now, I've got my slides all funny today. Let me just go back here. Here it is. I can't afford to have a thought in my head about me that's not in His. You and I, we can't afford to, to have a thought in our minds about ourselves that God's not already thinking about you. And so, so many times our thoughts and our perspectives on stuff is, is not in par with this, with, the, with God's word and his promises and the hope that he has for us and the fact that life is incredible and amazing. He's put us on this path of righteousness and great things. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know about that. So sure. I just wonder if we had his perspective in the forefront, not in the background, right? Not as a secondary opinion, not when we finally get around to thinking what, how, how God might think about stuff, but on every issue in every era, if, if, if his view was our view first, first off, man, I just think hopeless situations would always be filled with hope. Like there'd always be the option of hope sitting there for us when we, when we face circumstances that, that, that are adverse. Our options wouldn't never be just limited to what our eyes can see, but always at the forefront, there'll be God saying, ah, there's something else going on here. Hey, there's a great lesson I'm going to teach you in this. I'm with you every step of the way. You can trust me. You, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through this. You're going to be stronger than you've ever been before. Just hold on. Be hopeful. 
Most of us will recall the story in the book of Numbers about Caleb and Joshua. Do you remember when they're sent out with, with the other 10 spies to go into the promised land to bring back a report of, you know, what's it like? Is, is, are we able to take it? You know, the nation of Israel were just on the brink of that promise. And, and it says that 10 men, 10 men came back and they were completely overwhelmed by the size of the enemy in the fortified cities, right? You remember this? And, and, and they were convinced, it says, that it was impossible to take. We can't do it. It looks terrible. They were head down looking at the problem. And then it says that Caleb and Joshua, they saw the exact same thing. It wasn't like they saw something else. Or, or, or God showed them another. They, they saw the same fortified cities. They saw the same size of the giants, but they came to a different con- conclusion and they were confidently able to say that we, hey, listen, Moses, fellas, we're well able to take this place. It's going to be easy. And, and, and it's, it's obvious that one looked at the size of the enemy and came to one conclusion. One was looking down and came to one conclusion. And one, one, Caleb and Joshua, they were looking up. They had their eyes fixed on God and they came to a completely different conclusion to the matter at hand that was in front of them. And see, a perspective that comes from looking up will always give you a better outlook than if you keep your head down all the time, including running into things that you shouldn't do. What we focus on in life when we walk out these doors, because everyone's like, huh, this is great, this is like Jesus time. But when we walk out of this building in about 35 minutes, what you focus on is really, really important. What you focus on is what your heart is focusing on, what your mind is, it's a big, it's a really big deal. When I used to ride motorcycles, (laughs) that's right, I used to ride motorcycles, but um and uh, I should only put this illustration in here for Honiana, but he's not here. But, but when, when I used to ride mo- motorcycles, we were taught this really important principle called target fixation. Target fixation. It's one of the first things you learn when you're, going, uh, when you're learning how to ride a, ride a bike. And, and target fixation is essentially that where, wherever you look, you will go in that direction. Whatever you focus your eyes on, you will head that way particularly dangerous on a, on, a, on a motorcycle. If you're going around a corner, for example, you have to look to where you want to go. You, you, you can't just look kind of right beneath you, but you've got to look out to where, to where you want to head because the bike will always go where you're looking. In other words, when you're going around a corner on a motorbike, don't look at the ditch, right? Don't look at the lamppost. Don't look at the curb. Don't look at the parked car because you will go in that to that place. And uh, I remember our riding instructor told the group who were teaching us about a, an, a story that he had or an encounter that he had had um, where he was going around a corner way too fast or he was coming into a corner way too fast. And he thought, man, I've blown it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it. And on the side of that corner was a white fence that he was going to likely hit. And, but he remembered the principle of target fixation this rule about where, where uh, he wanted to go, he kept his eyes firmly fixed on the road ahead and not on the fence fastly approaching, right? And before he knew it, he tell, told us that he somehow made it around the corner. He pulled up about 50 minutes past. He just stopped kind of to change his underpants or something. And, and he looked down and he noticed that there was white paint on his, right hand, uh, on his wing mirror on his right-hand side and the pegs on the side of his bike where he'd obviously just scraped this fence as he kept his eyes fixed 
on the road ahead. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 or 2, says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Talk about target fixation. The author of Hebrews says, come on, hey, listen, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your attention, fix your gaze, fix the eyes of your heart on on Jesus because he is the author and he is the perfecter of your faith. He's the best target to fix your gaze upon. And if you fix your eyes on him, I guarantee you, you will not run into a lamppost, right? Like it's, it's just keep your eyes fixed on him because, because guys, we get fixated on a whole lot of other things, right? Our heart gets kind of, kind of, uh, 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 put on so many, so many other things on worry, on, on money, whether we have to, Never too much of it, but too little of it. We, we get fixed on our Facebook friend count. You know, like how many people are liking this? Not too many. We get fixed on our hair and what we're wearing and our clothes, which is the same thing as what we're wearing. But, but we just get fixed on a lot of different things, a whole lot of different things. And I just want to want to ask the question, because I know what's being asked of me, is that, you know, what, what is your soul gazing upon? What is your target fixation? Who is it that you are looking at or looking for? What, what has the focus of your attention today? And when you walk out of this place on Monday, Tuesday, and, and on, what, what is your heart focusing on? Is it, is it all the stuff that you've got to do and how are you going to do it and your willpower to succeed at those things? Is it, is it the strength that you might have to see these things carried out? Is, is it the worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow? Do I still have that job? What, what is it? What is your heart fixing on? What are the eyes of your heart looking at? Because often we look at what we don't have. I don't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough talent. I don't have enough money. I don't have what it takes or, or, or what we're not able to do or maybe what's not working for us right now. But Jesus, he's saying, hey, guys, come on. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, Jesus is, is, is saying. The, 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 the New King James Version of Hebrews 12, too, I think it says, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. That word looking. Looking, it implies it's not just a quick glimpse on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half. Like, oh, yep, great, no, done it, cool, let's get on with our week. Now, looking means, means a continual focused stare. But we are continually looking unto Jesus, who is the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. We've got to make sure that our gaze, the, the gaze of our heart remains on him so that all times we, our, our, our we're getting our affirmation from God, not from others, not from whether you think you're doing a good job at this thing or that thing, not from your friends who may abandon you tomorrow. But are we getting our peace from Jesus, not on world events, not on what's going on? Are we getting our hope from Jesus, not from other things? Are we getting our significance from Jesus? Come on. Hello, hello, someone, right? Are we, are we getting our sourcing our strength from Him? Are we getting our security from God? Because listen, that's where we need to get it from. That's who we need to be fixed and focused on. Because you know what I found about my life and my heart is it can be fickle. It can be real, it can be real fickle. It'll find its significance in any old thing that takes its fancy if it's not fixed firstly on Christ. 
I don't just like, wow, this looks great. And then, the, oh, this thing as well. We can just kind of spend our lives going from one thing to another when God's saying, come on, look at me. Look at, fix your eyes on me. Keep looking up. Lift, lift your gaze. Even Jesus kept his eyes up. Jesus kept his focus. In this case, it was always on the Father. If you can just read through the Gospels and see how this relationship that he had. You read after he was baptized in Luke 4 or Matthew chapter chapter 3, it says that Jesus was immediately taken into the desert at time of fasting and he was tempted by, by, by Satan himself. And if you know the account, it says that the devil tried to deter Jesus from his life mission, from going to the cross. Right and, and and he's trying to get in the way and and the, and the enemy was trying to give Jesus another way to accomplish that and uh, and he says like hey Jesus if you worship me if you bow down to me I'll give you all these kingdoms in the world like look at look at all the stuff they if if you just bow to me I'll give you these things and and and, and Jesus knew better right why did he know better because he already had his eyes lifted up. He, he was already heavenly minded. He responds by saying, listen, it's written, worship the Lord and serve God only. It's like, in other words, doing the will of my father, Jesus is kind of saying, is the first thing I think about when given another viable option. When, give, when, given an, when another option comes before me, when another viable option comes before my heart, when a temptation comes that, could, that, that, that looks good, I don't have to think about it first because I'm firstly always thinking about him. And you see, a gaze that is set on Christ will consider us to consider his way first above any other tempting offer that comes up or any other option, whatever it might be. And so it's like this. You don't have to be convinced that God might have another viewpoint. You already know it. You don't have to be persuaded that there may be a better way, that God might have another plan. You're already seeing it. You're already walking, walking into it. I want to I look at three really quick points this morning. Is this okay? All right, three points very quickly about what it means to keep our eyes up, to keep our gaze heavenward and not, not on the earth. Number one is that it acknowledges His Lordship in our lives. We talked about this in a whole message have you seen my keys? You remember that message a few a few weeks ago? But you know what? One of the main differences between a Christian and someone who isn't is that a Christian has acknowledged their need for a savior. There's a few other things, but that's kind of come, what it comes down to. I've acknowledged that in my own strength, in my own might, with my own self willpower, I I can't do it. You know, I'm not good enough. I fall short, but thank God for Christ in me, who is the hope of glory, right? Because of his perfect record, I can walk in righteousness, and life is amazing. And it's just, I've recognized that there is, I need a savior. I need his grace, and I need his love. I gotta, I, otherwise, I fill my heart with all sorts of other things that really ultimately can only be fulfilled by Christ alone. We, we just recognize there is one that is greater than ourselves when we keep our eyes lifted up. There is one, uh, as, as like John the Baptist said, whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and, and, and untie. Because you know that most people are like a Lord unto themselves. They're the boss of their, of their own lives. They're, they rule themselves. They're king of their own hearts. You remember that message about the throne on the heart and the crown and the act of surrendering to Christ is getting off that little throne and giving Jesus the crown and saying, hey, you rule my life. You govern my life. You dictate what's right and wrong. I, I want to live for you. It's, it's acknowledging his, his lordship. 
Isaiah exclaimed, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. And we worship God, we're saying, you are high and lifted up. I acknowledge your place in my life above mine. Your ways are above my ways. Your thoughts are, are greater than my thoughts. If it wasn't for you, God, I'd be just looking down all the time, looking at this thing, looking at that thing, running into buildings, whatever it might be. But we lift our eyes to the maker of heaven and earth, the one who can help us. And when, and, when, and when we keep looking up to him, we're acknowledging he's Lord. He's my king of my life. And my gaze is up because he's greater. His ways are higher. They're mightier than, than mine. When my eyes come down, they come off God. My focus comes off the supremacy of his name the availability of his strength to intervene in places and times and seasons in my life. The focus comes on, it comes off God, and it comes on my limitations or my strength or my willpower or my incredible good looks to get me to do things. You know, it just comes onto me, which will always fall short. When our eyes are lifted up, we're acknowledging his lordship. Number two, eyes lifted up, keep looking up, and you'll be in a position to receive from God. You'll be in a position to receive from him. The psalmist says, I forget the, the, the passage there, it says, lift up, your, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. I think it's Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, we, O ye gates, that the King of glory may what? May come in. Guess what? You, you are a gateway. You are a gateway and you can shut or allow God to come in, his peace to come into your life. Saying, lift your heads, lift your heads up. Head down is a shut gate, it's a closed door. A head up is ready to receive. It's a position of worship, not like just singing songs, but just continual worship unto God. It's saying, God, I welcome your providence. I welcome your provision. My hands are open. Come in, come into my life. Come and dine with me. Come and hang out with me. Come and pour out your your glory into, into my life because you're very welcome. My head is up. I'm aware of what you're doing. A a head up is always listening, waiting for God to respond. A head up is always watching to see what God is doing, where he's going. A head up will never miss the moments when God moves and when God speaks because he's always waiting and ready. But when when our gaze is down, when we're looking looking down, you know, God may, may walk into the room and would completely miss it. We've got to keep our heads up. Lift up your heads that he may come in. Number three, and Matt, maybe you can come and play if Matt's still here. Oh, thanks, man. Number three, this is the last one this morning. Keep looking up because it'll keep your eyes above your circumstance. We've already talked about kind of the focus and perspective, the need to fix our eyes on God, but a head lifted up, you know what it'll do? It'll keep you from making faulty assumptions about stuff that you face. How many face some stuff? Been facing some stuff, maybe facing some stuff right now. Man, it's so important that you keep looking up through those things, through that time. The person with the head down can only see what's beneath them and around them. You know, the Bible says that when Peter got out of the boat, you know, this invitation that he had to walk on water, that's pretty cool. When he was given this, when he was given this invitation to walk towards Jesus, It says that when he looked down, what happened? He began to sink. Why? Because he noticed the winds and the waves. When he he stopped looking at Jesus, when he looked down, 
everything changed. He began to he began to sink. And I just think, friends, in the absence of any other alternative, sinking might seem like the only option to you. It might be all that you've got. This this situation is hopeless. I don't know any other way out. But remember, when you're looking up, you'll see that Jesus is there with you the whole way, and He's got a better way, a better path. He can pull you out. He can pull you up. He can grab hold of you when we fix our eyes on Him. Come on, keep looking up. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have crappy days. We're going to have things that happen to us. You're not going to be able to always avoid that. Life happens, all right? But He's there with us. He's got an answer. He's got a pathway for us to take because He's overcome the world. To experience that peace, to experience that hope over every situation, over every circumstance, we got to keep looking up. Just as I close this morning, I just want to kind of leave you with this one one question this morning, and and, and that's this: like, where where is your head at? Where, where's your head at? What what are your eyes fixed upon? And I just want to encourage you this morning, just as we begin to wrap this up, to fix them on Jesus, fix them on your Savior. Fix them on the one who can make a way where there seems to be no way. Fix them on the one who loves you. Don't fix them on anything else, really. I'll let you down. Fix them, fix them on God. Acknowledge His Lordship in your life. He's someone who's always ready to receive wherever it is He's taken you. Position yourself above your circumstance. Why don't we stand this morning? I just want to finish off by, by reading out a great psalm which we looked at a little bit, Psalm 121, which begins by reminding us to lift up our heads. And uh, it says this in Psalm 121, and let this be a prayer this morning before we leave. I'm going to ask Kent to come and give the notices in just a moment. Psalm 121 says, says this, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. God shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. God shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Let's just bow our heads. God, I thank you that as we go out of this place, as we do our coming in and going out, our lives and in our week, I thank you that you're our help. You're our ever-present help, not just in times of trouble. You are our empowerment. You are our source of strength. You're it, God. We we, I pray, help us to fix our gaze upon you, the, 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 the eyes of our heart, the gaze of our soul upon you this week. And Lord, that whenever there is temptation to, to think differently, whenever there is another option before us, that God, it wouldn't be like we have to evaluate, well, what might you need to be, what might you be saying? Lord, we, where do we have it in front of us? Because our eyes are already there. I pray for every person, every person who may be struggling through issues, circumstance right now, I thank you, Father, for this invitation to set our eyes upon you, to lift our eyes up. And for those who may have found themselves, as I opened this message up with, walking into walls, 
tripping up things, running into lampposts, that you would help us today, in Jesus' name, lift our eyes onto you. Just while every head is bowed. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. Love to see you on Sundays, 10 a.m., 101 Hardy Street, Nelson.